Hi, my name is Mariana Smith, and I'm the host of Wisdom for the Journey. I'm so glad you're here. On this podcast, we talk about having a good relationship with yourself and others, how to handle the difficult things life throws at you, and we share little bits of wisdom to help you throughout your own unique journey. Today's topic is perfectionism. Today I'm with Sally Queen. Sally, could you take a moment to share a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your career, and any other things you would like to share? Sure. Thanks for having me, Mariana. I'm excited to be here. So my name is Sally Queen, and um, currently I am serving as a pastor of a United Methodist Church in Gastonia. So Myers Memorial is the name of the church. Um, I was raised in Cullowee, North Carolina, up in the mountains, uh, but have been here in Gastonia for eight years now. I am married to my high school sweetheart. His name is Kevin, and we have three daughters. We have Ella and Maddie, who are twins, and they're in the seventh grade. And then our youngest is Kate. She just turned eight and is in second grade. We have two dogs, one named Gaston after Gaston County, and another named Shelby after another place that we um, lived when um, Ella and Maddie were born. Great, thank you. So first we're gonna go into our journeys in relationship with this topic. So for me personally, I have always had very smart friends and that's not a bad thing. They're just really academically gifted. So they always talk about the grades they get on tests and typically they're harsh. A lot of them are harsh on themselves based on what grades they get. So I kind of started to be harsh on myself and no grade was perfect for me. I could always do better. Nothing was enough. So that's kind of one way that I struggled with perfectionism. What about you? Well, so when I think back, um, I remember something that my third grade teacher told me. She told me that I had the possibility of making a mountain out of a molehill. And so when I heard that, I started wondering kind of what that meant. And as I've gotten older, um, I really think that that's a part of kind of who I am, like my perfectionist side, that everything needs to be a bigger deal maybe than it really is, um, because I kind of have created something in my head of what the ideal or perfect scenario is. And then that's sort of how I'm supposed to, it's supposed to be lived out. Um, so I'm kind of like you when I was, you know, growing up, um, I definitely wanted to make the best grade that I possibly could. I put a lot of pressure on myself to do that. Um, if I didn't make an A, um, I was disappointed in myself. Even if I knew I had done my best, I still was disappointed in myself. Yeah. So I have some different points about perfectionism just to kind of go into before we um, ask interview questions. So okay. the first thing is perfectionism can, can consist of all or nothing thinking. So if I fail this one time, I'm never going to be good at this. Um, just always, or I am always going to be bad at this, or I always do this wrong. Um, that's just one thing that perfectionism consists of. Um, perfectionism Perfectionism raises the risk of mental disorders. So if you struggle with especially extreme perfectionism, it can raise your risk of mental disorders. Um, 
And the last one is when you struggle with perfectionism, success is never enough. So if you say, I want to, I don't know, run a 5K, a lot of times people that struggle with perfectionism, once they run, I don't know, 5K, that's not enough. They need to do better next time. They need to run a 10K. And then once they run a 10K, a 10K is not enough. Um, that's just a bit of an example. Um, so now we can go into some questions. Yeah. So can I build on that? Yeah, you can so build on that. So also, also, I think if you say you're going to run a 5K and then maybe your life situation gets in the way, maybe you become, I don't know, sick during that time. And so you're not able to train. Well, then if, for, if you're not able to run the 5K by the time that you had kind of thought that you would, then your perfectionist self says you failed mm, yeah. as opposed to saying, goodness, well, I was sick. So of course I couldn't and I can try again next time. So, so I, so that's something that I think I have to overcome. Like if things don't turn out the right way or the way that I had them set up, I have to look back and, and have had to learn over the years to say, okay, so it didn't work out like you wanted it to. You can do it again. You can try again and that's okay. Yep. Yep. I think that's very important too. Um, so now we're going to go into some questions. Um, so question one, what would you tell your 14 year old self about perfectionism? So when I saw that question, that that's a really great question. And what's interesting to me is that, um, I have two 13 year olds in my house and one of them, um, is very much a perfectionist. And so I watch her and what I, what I tell her is, like, it's okay. You're doing, you're, you're amazing. You know, you worked hard. You, you did your best. Um, and I think that sometimes if I look back on my 14 year old self, that's what I wish that I had told myself more. Like you were doing amazing um, yeah. and not tie it to a, but, you know, you're amazing, but you just didn't make what you wanted to make just to, to settle for you are amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very important. It's a very important thing that I think especially teenagers um, need to hear. So the second one interests me. Why do you think that we as humans long to be perfect? Why do you think it's so important to us to be perfect? I wonder if because of kind of the culture that we live in that's so success driven and um, we want to live into that so that we can be successful. And so in our minds, um, we don't, I think we don't see people's failures or people's setbacks. That's not what we see about them. We see their successes. And so we think, gosh, that person has it all together. Whereas if we really looked at that person all the time, we would see the, the things, the mistakes that they made along the way, the things that weren't, you know, as great about their life. Um, yeah. So I think we kind of have a false reality of people that we look, look, look to, whether that be people that we know um, or that be celebrities, if it's our, you know, for, for teenagers, if it's your teacher, I mean, you see your teacher, you know, kind of in one perspective, you don't see your teacher 
in all their selves. Yeah, and I think it's very interesting about this is you mentioned like celebrities and you hear about their successes, but typically you don't know those people personally. You don't know their journeys. You don't know what everything that they've gone through to get where they are. So it's not fair to say I will never be perfect until I reach where they are. And you don't even know what they went through to get where they are. Right. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, if you think about physical appearances, for instance, of celebrities, I mean, they have access to lots of resources to help them look put together and, and to look, you know, their, their best in terms of their physical appearances as well. Whereas, you know, trying to compare yourself to that, you know, I don't have a full-time makeup artist (laughs) or a full-time hairdresser who makes sure I look my very best every day. Um, So, but again, we see that and we think, oh, that person's really successful. And oh my goodness, they're, they always look so put together and their makeup looks perfect and their hair is perfect. Um, And then we look at ourselves in the mirror and think, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that it's just very important to remember that like, so especially like celebrities and influence on Instagram have so many different resources. Yes. Than we have. Yeah. Um, so how do you think perfectionism can tap into your insecurities? Hmm. So I think that perfectionism taps into my insecurities because it tells me a false story. Um, It tells me that I have to do something, that I need to be better at something, that I need to look something else, that I need to, um, you know, work harder at my job. And so I go down that cycle of working harder or trying to, um, you know, look a different way or, or do, do something. And really what that's saying inside to me is you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so the insecurity is that I'm never going to be good enough because there's always going to be something else that I'm striving towards. And so I think one of the things that I've had to say to my insecure self is you are enough. Um, so like you said before, like talking back to that insecurity of like the insecurity that says I'm not worthy. Like I am worthy. Yes. Um, I think that's, that's very important. So the next question is in what parts or what part of your life do you strive? Do you long to be perfect? Um, in all parts of my life, (laughs) I'm, that, you know, like that's who I'm wired to be. Um, I want to be the best mom that I can be. And so I, you know, a voice inside of my head tells me you're not spending enough time with your kids or you were really short with your kids this morning because you were stressed. Um, and so it's, it tells me this story that I'm not a good mom. Yeah, I want to be the best pastor that I can be. So when I Here's somebody that didn't like a sermon I preached or they didn't like a decision that I made. It makes me think, oh, I'm not really a good pastor. Um, I, you know, I want to be the best wife that I can be. And 
when I hear things like you didn't get home when I thought you were going to get home, well, then I've failed. Yeah. And I think what you're saying, a lot of people struggle with, and I think that goes back to the all or nothing thinking. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm like a failure. I'm not going to be good enough unless I'm perfect all the time. Yes. Um, Yeah. So this next one, we kind of touched on a bit. But how do you think perfectionism and comparison relate to each other? How perfectionism and comparison relate to each other. So I think that that's, um, I think you're always looking towards someone else and thinking, maybe not always, that might be a strong word. Often you're looking towards other people and comparing yourselves to them. Um, And so kind of on the flip side, like, I've heard somebody say to me something like, you always look so put together. And what I want them to to see, what I wish they knew is how internally I felt so not put together and how, um, how my world isn't, is just a bunch of a mess as their world may be. Um, But I think I compare myself to other people and I know other people compare themselves to me. Yeah. So and, I, and that sets up that false all or nothing kind of thinking too. Yeah. And I think that's, it's almost like a cycle. Like I talked to a friend and she was like, it was this friend that I had a while ago and I was jealous of her. She just was always, I just always saw her as like put together and she was always so pretty. And she was talking to me and she was like, I compare myself to you all the time. You're just so smart and you're so pretty. And I was like, wait you're comparing yourself against me and I'm comparing myself against you. Like Mm -hmm. I would have never thought. So I think, yeah. And I think that like, I think that's a really great reminder that we probably are all more alike than we want to give ourselves credit for. And I wonder if part of that is that we don't talk about our insecurities So we don't talk about that internal self that's kind of a mess. That's not the picture we put on for everybody else. And so it makes it look like we're really different. Whereas I'm sure you and your friend, when you were able to share that, it was like, gosh, we really are a whole lot more alike than I thought. Yeah, it made us closer after that. I'm sure. Yeah. And then I think another thing um, that I thought about when I was thinking about the questions is like, because of somebody else's quote unquote perfect, your image of perfection can change. So for an example, if you see something as perfect, if you're really proud of something that you've done and then you see somebody else who did better, suddenly the thing that you're proud of may may not be good enough in your eyes. Um, So I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with too. I think you're right. And I think one of the first things we would say, like, let's say it was a project or something. And immediately I would look at someone else's project and be like, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I do that? Yeah. Versus look at the cool things that I came up with. Why does it, why can't what my project is? Why can't I just see that my project was cool? Why do I have to look at yours and be like, Oh, why didn't I think of that? Why can't I just look at yours and be like, Oh, yours is really cool too. Yeah. Yeah. So just acknowledging that some that somebody did something different 
leave mm-hmm. you and being proud of them instead of comparing. Yes. Them. Yeah. Yes. Um, so how does your idea of perfection change as you get older over time? So I think that um, it definitely changes in that I um, am more, I guess, aware of kind of the the backstory behind the perfectionism. Like I'm, I'm more aware of the false narrative that that it tells, and I spend time trying. I mean, I spend time with my counselor trying to retell myself a different narrative, whereas I probably didn't do that as a teenager but it still is something that I deal with and struggle with yeah so becoming more Mm self-aware yeah yeah it's really good well and I used to say um and I, I I might would still say this I don't know I haven't been asked this lately but ask like what your um like kind of what one of your strengths and one of your weaknesses are oftentimes in the past, I would say that perfectionism is both a strength and a weakness. I mean, because perfectionism, you know, does help me get a lot done. It helps me be super productive and it helps me get things done well. And, you know, it's also a weakness in that sometimes I procrastinate things because I don't, I do that because it's not ever going to be good enough. So, put it off till the last minute that it has to be done because otherwise I'm going to be changing it all along. Or it also like is a weakness because of what it does to me internally. Mm. Yeah. So how would your life be different if you gave yourself more grace and more compassion? (laughs) Um, I think that it might would feel freer the times that I try to give myself the grace um, to just say, you know what, you are doing the very best you can. That's really a freeing feeling, Um, but it's really hard to let go of that inside voice. Mm. I feel like my relationship, not only with others, but I feel like my relationship with myself would be better. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like, I think we just need to really try to intentionally give Mm -hmm. ourselves some grace and compassion because typically I think perfectionism, you don't like, you don't consciously think about it. And so I think that it's really important to consciously give yourself grace and compassion because I think your mood will change. I think that you will change if you're, if you give yourself more grace. I agree. And one of the things that I learned in, in, um, counseling as a way to do that is to ask myself, like, what would you be saying to your friend right now? Mm. If your friend was struggling with the same thing you're struggling with and always what I would say to my friend is give yourself some grace. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You're a precious child of God. Um, and so then I have to learn to say those words that I would say to my friend to say to myself. So um, our next question is, do you think that everyone struggles with some form of perfectionism? You know, I think people, perhaps, um, 
people I think maybe don't um, deal with it in the same kinds of ways. Like I think, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram or not, Yeah. but on the Enneagram, like I'm a, a, a two, which is a giver, but with a strong wing towards perfectionism as a one. And um, so I think, you know, there's people like me who are going to be more hardwired towards perfection. Whereas I think other people probably deal with facets or pieces of perfectionism in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You, you know, maybe it's they're really driven in their work or maybe um, they're really particular about their, how their house is kept or how their car is kept or they're about their grades or about their sports maybe it's just, you know, one area in their life. Maybe it's not across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. So this next question is, at what age did you start paying attention to whether you were quote unquote perfect or not? Hmm. I don't know that I can think of an age that I didn't do that. Um, I mean, certainly if I can remember back what a third grade teacher told me Um, or even farther back than that I can remember in second grade um, I got an N for needs improvement in handwriting and to this day I will tell you that I don't remember any other grade that I got in second grade but I will never forget that N um, for needs improvement Mm, yeah I remember um, when I kind of, it first started being like a big thing for me. I love to sing. It's a calming thing for me, but sometimes I can be a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to my singing. Um, mm-hmm. so when I think I was in the fourth grade, we had chorus tryouts. And before that tryout, I did not stop singing the song that I was going to sing to try out until it was absolutely perfect. Nothing was mm-hmm. like, if I made one mistake, I would start over. I, I remember thinking back on it now. I was so hard on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, and it's crazy for me to think that that started when I was like nine. And like you, when you were like, that would be, you were seven? like seven. Yeah. That's crazy. We're just so, a lot of people are just so young when they start when mm-hmm. this idea of perfection starts kind of being created in our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last question, um, what do you think God says about perfectionism? So, um, so, so there's a, there's a couple of scriptures. So there's one scripture that says, um, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So goodness, like that, seems like a really high standard that God is calling us to. And so as I've wrestled with that scripture, I've had to think about like what all of scripture says about God and that we as human beings are created in God's image. And so we're on a journey to be as much as we can like God. So to strive to be like God in actions and then primarily in love. And so I think when when Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, it's to, to remind us to be perfect in love. 
and to try to love the very best that we can. It doesn't say anything about um, be perfect in all of your daily responsibilities, but to try to, to love at all times. And then the other thing that I love in scripture is Psalm 139. And Psalm 139 talks about how we were knit together in our mother's womb and how we were created. And um, it says that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. And so I, um, if, if God created me in my mother's womb and I was created fearfully and wonderfully, then there wasn't anything that was wrong about who I am. And so um, I love that scripture because it reminds me that um, I am a beautiful, wonderful creation that's created by God. And so the times that I try to like beat up on myself for the imperfections in my physical nature that I may not like, or um, when I try to, you know, say that I'm not good enough at something, I remember that, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made by God and that really I'm, I'm sort of criticizing God yeah. if I'm, if I'm not accepting who God created me as. Yeah. I think, I also think that God loves us unconditionally. So he loves us even when we're not perfect. Yes. He's going to love us even at our worst. And I think, I love what you said about how we were, we were beautiful and we were wonderfully made from the very start. There wasn't a point in our life when we weren't fearfully and wonderfully made. (laughs) Well, and, and I, that's for me as a pastor, something that I fundamentally believe about all people that whoever they are, whatever they look like, however they, um, whatever they they do in life however whatever gifts that they have they're beautiful wonderful creations of god and um i think that that is just such a powerful reminder that um god created us and god created us to be amazing beautiful wonderful children of god mm-hmm. yeah so closing out the podcast, this is the point where you can give any closing words if you'd like to, um, any other advice uh, we can cover on any points that you think we may have missed. So is there anything else that you want to cover? Sure. So uh, the, the last thing I think that I would say is that um, one of the things that perfectionism says is that you're not enough because you're not smart enough, you're not thin enough, you're not healthy enough, you're not rich enough, you're not um, qualified enough, you're not fast enough. That's what perfectionism tells you. And that I think that when you hold that with the Psalm 139 understanding of you're being a beautiful, wonderful, amazing creation of God, to God, you are enough. And so I have to remind myself, I am enough. When the perfectionism voice says, oh, you're not enough. You didn't do that well enough. No, I am enough. I'm God's child. 
And so I would hope that all your listeners, that that's something that they would always realize, whatever their, whatever their struggles are with perfectionism or with other things, that they are enough because they are children of God. We are children of God. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sally. This was great. Um, so thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Wisdom for the Journey. Make sure to listen to the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Wisdom for the Journey. Make sure to tune into the next episode where I sit down with Christy Belk to talk about body image. We talk about where body image stems from, and we talk about how to love and appreciate your body the way it is right now. You can find all episodes of Wisdom for the Journey on Spotify and YouTube, and make sure to follow us on Instagram at Wisdom for the Journey.